This story happened just last night, and it really freaked me out. I broke my foot a few weeks ago, and I'm using crutches. Even though it takes a lot out of me, I still have to take public transportation most days because I live in Tokyo, and cabs are too slow slash expensive. This has thus far been just an inconvenience because Japan is a pretty safe place. Last night, a guy approached me when I was coming down the stairs at my local station, asking if I was okay. I assured him that I was, and he started asking me questions. They were pretty innocuous to start. Just stuff like, where are you from, or how did you break your foot? I honestly didn't think much of it because some people are fascinated by foreigners, but then he escalated to, where do you live, and let's get a drink. I told him that I didn't want to because I don't drink and I just wanted to go home and sleep. I had just finished work and I was tired. He didn't want to take no for an answer and kept following me. Once we left the gate, he put his arm around my shoulders and tried to physically move me in the direction of a restaurant going, See? It's just right there. Get a beer with me. This happened a few times and I kept saying no, but he just kept following me. At one point, he tried to remove my glasses saying, You're so pretty. I probably should have smacked him with my crutches or yelled at him at that point, but I was so freaked out that all I could think was that I couldn't let him follow me home. Fortunately, there are always taxis waiting outside the station late at night for people who were too drunk to get home on their own. I made my way over to one, creepy guy at my side or arm around me. He was so close that one of my crutches got caught on his leg and I nearly fell. I waited until I was right next to the taxi before waving at the driver to get his attention. Creepy Kai did not like that, demanding to know what I was doing, and I just shrugged. Taxi? As I sat down. For a moment, I worried that he would try to get in after me, but he just stood there watching it drive off. From his reaction, I'm fairly certain that he did plan to follow me. I'm still not sure how I feel. I'm glad nothing worse happened, but I felt so powerless and scared. A part of me still does. This is the first time anything like this has happened to me and it's hard not to beat myself up for not doing more or standing up for myself. This happened to me in Europe when I was still a student, about 11 years ago, this time in France. I went to see my friend Jay in the suburbs and wanted to take the last train home to the city where I lived. It was past 11pm but I don't remember the exact time. He dropped me off in front of the station in his green estate car and left. Nothing unusual. On the platform, I was told by a couple of teenagers that the trains had been cancelled due to a suicide on the line. This was confirmed by the announcement screen on the platform. The station was unmanned at that time of night. Being a student, a taxi was way out of the question, so I called Jay to ask him to come back and drive me home. He said he would only be a few minutes as he was only around the corner. A few minutes pass by and a green estate car arrives and parks in front of the station. I don't hesitate, and I open the passenger door and climb in. And I'm puzzled. Why does Jay have little plastic bags filled with leaves on the dashboard? They weren't there earlier. Why does he have a mustache stuck between the passenger seat and his seat? I look up at him to ask him these questions. Why is this guy not my friend? And why is he staring at me like that? I snap out of it. I think I have the wrong car. Yeah, I think you do. My friend is just around the corner. He's coming to pick me up. You have the same car. He locks the doors. Thankfully, Jay arrives at that point, passes us, parks, and gets out of his car. Jay is big, does boxing, and the guy next to me sees it. 
The door clicks open. I bolt out of the car and run to Jay. I shouted him to get in his car and drive. He doesn't ask questions and we just drive off. Once I calm down, he told me he got out of his car because he could see a bunch of youngsters approaching the exit of the station, and they all had baseball bats. He was wondering if I was in any kind of trouble. Jay thinks the guy locked me in the car to protect me from the young guys. I'm not that sure myself. I'm glad he came back when he did so I never had to find out. I close a lot at work, so this means late nights at the train station. I remember this like it was yesterday, even though it happened about two years ago. I had a late close at work, so I missed the bus I usually take and had to walk home. Fine, I've walked home on my own several times before, but there was this man at the station who gave me a weird vibe. He kept staring at me with that stare. Not sure how to describe it in words. As I checked the schedule on the wall for another bus going my direction, realizing the next one wasn't for another hour. I wasn't about to sit around at the train station where junkies like to hang out. Going back to the weird man, I tried to ignore him, but when I exited the station, I noticed he happened to go out of the same door as me. I tried to brush it off as maybe he had a car in the parking lot or was waiting on someone to pick him up in the drop-off pickup lane. But I had a gut feeling this wasn't the case because... As soon as I stepped into the parking lot, he started to follow me. My brain and body started to panic and I had to think on the fly of what to do. I never had anyone follow me before and I surely didn't want this guy knowing where I live, even though my house was a half hour walk from the station. Despite being on edge, I still kept walking, and once I got to the fire station at the other end of the parking lot, I turned back. There was the man, still approaching and quickly. I feel it is important to point out this man was very tall, as I would refer to him as a skyscraper, so he crossed the parking lot in half the time it took me to get across. Now you're probably thinking why not stop in the fire station and ask to wait for the guy to pass you. Well, there wasn't anyone sitting at the desk in the window like usual, and the place was darker than Batman's cave since it was about 11.45 at night. Trying to ignore the man approaching, I crossed the street making my way past the dimly lit church and the empty elementary school. I walked at an above-average-for-me pace, not looking back since the fire station. About seven minutes passed for me to walk to the other end of the elementary school where I had to wait for the walk light. My body wanted to keep walking, but my brain made me do the unthinkable and had me look back to see him walking toward me on the sidewalk. He was at the playground next to the school, and in a few long strides, he could have very easily caught up to me. But it was at this point my brain decided to take an alternate route home. In the back of my mind, I still thought this was simply a coincidence, but it was almost midnight on a Wednesday. There's no way this man lives in the same direction I do, and would happen to take the exact same route as me to get home. Instead of crossing the street, I turned right to go up by the duck pond by my house, even though I would still be climbing the same hill home. When I got to the next traffic light in this usual quiet suburb, I had the urge to look back again, and thought to myself, maybe he'll cross the street, and not turn right. He was still there, almost like he was walking faster to catch up to me. I said I was panicking before, but now it was worse. I didn't even wait for the walk light, and took off across the street. Sadly for me, the man also crossed the street. I went from speed walking to a brisk jog at this point. As I reached the end of the street, I turned left and continued my jog, hugging the edge of the duck pond on my route. When I got to the other side of the big pond, I looked back, and there was the man again, about 30 feet away. I locked the door and I looked out the front window. I was finally able to put my guard down 
and he didn't follow me up the hill. I didn't find out where I lived. I slept under my blankets that night. I never told anyone what happened. This happened a couple years ago on our honeymoon. We couldn't afford a big expensive trip and we lived in the UK. So me and my husband and my two-year-old daughter went down to London for a week to visit museums and generally explore and have fun. We were staying on the outskirts of London and getting the tube in each day. And all was good and happy until we bumped into this particular individual one morning at the train station. We first noticed this guy because he was being very loud and sounding some kind of intoxicated at 10 a.m., but he was happily at the other end of the platform, so we didn't pay him much attention until he made a beeline straight for my husband. This guy was big and stinking of booze and slurring his words. I was standing holding hands with my husband, one hand on the pushchair with our daughter in it. He completely blanked me and our little girl, but instead started ranting at my husband. He started ranting to my husband at the top of his voice about how he had been arrested by the police for beating his wife and daughter, and how that was deeply unfair. He kept on going on about how men should be able to hit and beat their wives and children as much as they want, and try to get my husband to agree with him. Luckily for me and our daughter, he was pointedly ignoring our existence, but getting more and more wound up at my husband who was just desperately attempting to pacify the guy. I'm somewhat ashamed to say that my instincts to get our toddler away from him overcame my want to stay and protect my husband. I grabbed the pushchair and moved a couple of steps away. Then when the drunk guy didn't react, I quickly headed to the other end of the platform to try to get some help. Unfortunately for us, this is an unmanned station, so no one official to get help from. Also, everyone else was determinedly ignoring the situation, apart from one guy who muttered, for God's sake, shut his paper and moved away from us, so no help there. So I was desperately looking around for some help for my husband from this guy, when luckily our train pulled in. My husband made rapid excuses and then got us on the train. The drunk guy got on too, but thank God, not in our compartment but we could hear him still swearing and shouting from where we were. We made a quick, discreet exit from the train at the next stop to give him the slip and waited for the next one. But it still chills me that he specifically targeted the only man on the platform with a woman and young child with him, and how determined he was to try to get my husband to agree with him that he should be beating us. <laughs>